Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, and on today's episode, I am the host. This is my show. This is my episode. I'm the host, Corey Mueller, joined by my co-host. This is also his show, Jared Bradford. I belong here. (laughs) His name is Bones. That's what we call him. And back in the day, he used to record music, and that's pretty sweet. Bones, how you doing? Thanks for exposing me. Yeah. If you could find my music, if you have my music, anywhere and you can name a album slash song or you can send any of the music my way because i don't have any of it anymore uh i don't know i'd be i'll, I'll send you something I that'd be know, great yeah, yeah we got stickers and stuff that we could send we got weekly warrior yeah. stickers yeah a couple dollars a couple bucks <laughs> it was worth it it was worth it <laughs> uh, how am i did you ask how i was yeah how are you good feeling good recovered ish yeah, enough we yep Feeling fine. Had a rugby game yesterday. You're the uh, owner of a new broken pinky. Mm-hmm. Broken pinky. And uh, do you know you for know, sure it's broken? I mean, it looks pretty broken. But. I think it's pretty broke. I think it's pretty broke. <laughs> I mean, at one point, it was one of those things where it, something happened. One of the tackles, and I looked, and I was running. I was playing scrum half, and I was like running, and I was passing, and I'm like, my pinky really hurts. It wasn't those like moment where like. Oh my god! I broke my pinky. Mm, yeah. It was like uh, my pinky kind of hurts, and mm-hmm. I looked down at it, and I was like, "It doesn't look right." <laughs> it was like the top uh, where your nail is, like that joint was like off the, to this Dude, way. Dude, yes. And so I looked at my other pinky. I'm like, "Wait, that doesn't look right." <laughs> and so like I took it and kind of straightened it out a little bit and pulled it, and it looked. Yeah. But I didn't hurt. It just didn't feel good, and uh, so now it's all black and blue and this little, little mini sausage. I think it was in 20... Oh, damn. The one in San Jose? Yeah, we we didn't show up very well, but it was still fun. We played fine. I remember in 2017, I believe this was in a practice with the Colorado Springs Grizzlies, I had a pinky injury, and actually it was my offhand pinky as well, Hmm. and I jammed it. I think I went to make a tackle. I didn't get it caught up or anything, and it didn't break, but I smashed it into somebody. Um, I was probably going to grab them or whatever. And I got this thing called hammer finger. Mm. And what happened was it was just the very tip of my pinky. So like if you go up from the base of your finger and you go like, oh, there's a ring there and there's a ring there and you're almost at the top of your pinky. So like that's where it bends at the top. Mm -hmm. It was literally just completely horizontal right at the Mm. top. And it was it was stuck. I could like it it wouldn't bend back. Um, It wasn't broken. And I didn't do any long-term damage, but I had to wear a brace that kept my pinky completely straight. I couldn't bend it at all. Um, and that was really annoying. It didn't really hurt that bad, but it was really annoying. But as you can see, pinky's straight in his arrow these days. Hey, she's straight, man. You're shooting straight now. <laughs> super a good-looking yeah, pinky, straight. boy. So, I, I, was like, I can't think of a better finger to fuck up than your offhand pinky, though. So I'm seriously. grateful. Yeah. I mean, what do you really do? Besides when you drink tea? Yeah, that's what the pinky it, out. Being Fancy is not easy right now. Yeah. But it'll come back. Yeah. So rugby, you're back. You're playing some rugby again, which you took what? Like a seven year break? Took a hiatus from playing. Yeah. 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 You were coaching for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three years of coaching after that Central Michigan University run of playing for five years. And then I played like three weeks for the tradesman and I didn't like it. I, I wasn't into it. And so I stopped playing until this this past year out in Fresno. I don't know what sparked me. I was just following their Instagram. They hired a new coach, and I was like, "Damn, this looks like legit." And I would mm. really like to be on a winning team. Like, just win a. I just tell Jess like, I need one year. I want to make a playoff run with mm. a team, and then For sure. you know, I'll probably be done. This isn't going to be a long term thing again because it's just not. You know, you got to have your body be healthy and stuff. And it's good to get back on the pitch a little bit, though. Yeah. It's been great. I've rugby, really yeah, it. rugby truly beats the shit out of your body like yeah. nothing and, else. And something that's cool about it is going from the college side to the men's side. First of all, if I could go back, and I'm sure anyone would agree, with the mindset that I have now into college, 
and the field vision and the awareness and everything and just the smarts and experience that you gain, man, what a different experience college would have been. Yeah, for sure. I, I realize 100% how, agree. how, how, uh, how just young you are in college. Like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Like I look back at the college guys right now and I'm like, man, you guys look like little high schoolers. A bunch of babies. Yeah. yeah. When I first got into college, there was like, man, you guys are men. You're all yeah, men. you looked at guys like Keedy and Landon and like all these big ass men. Yeah. And they're Thunder like 24. Dan. Yeah. Thunder <laughs> Dan, dude. Yeah. Thunder Dan. Wow. Yeah. That's throwing it way back. Yeah. Yeah. But he was there. He was like, you know, going out on my way in and your mm-hmm. way in too. So. Yep. Yeah, and then also going into men's club rugby, if if you stay in shape through your mid to late 20s coming out of college and your 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 fitness is up, you're going to walk into like a men's rugby side and really have a level up on other people. Not only on your own team, but against other teams as well because seriously, you can tell who doesn't take care of themselves and you start getting into your 30s, early 30s, mid 30s even mm-hmm. late 20s, if you're not taking care of yourself, that shit, your fitness really suffers and your body yeah. suffers. And it's just like, man, I feel great every practice and every game and other, it seems like other guys don't. Especially um, as you work down the divisions of men's rugby. So like oh, yeah. uh, at D1, like pretty much everybody's fairly fit at the D1 level. Um, D2, you see a little bit of drop, but still people are still pretty fit. And then D3, you really start to notice like, Okay, you can see the guys who dominate the field. They're the ones who are the most in shape, typically. They might not even be the most athletic or best runners or best tacklers. They're the ones who can just go hard all game. Um, And it's extremely evident at that level. I mean, but that's cool. Like, sometimes it's just more social, and that's fun. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Sure, that is. That's not what I want. We are a D3 club. And uh, there's definitely more of a social aspect down in D4, D3. But guys oh, yeah. still want to fucking, like, we want to win. Yeah. But, like, the commitment is the reason why teams are D3. Where If you can just get numbers out in Division Three, you can make a playoff run, especially yeah. if you have a good coach. We have a coach that came from Fresno State that won the national championship last year. So he's yeah. a really good coach. Like, the system we're putting in is, I feel like I've gotten better as a player more than I ever have mm. in my life just in about that's six, cool. eight, eight weeks. So that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, we just need to get our fucking numbers out. So anyway, it's been yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of fitness, um, mm-hmm. so as most of you probably know, I'm a park ranger with the DNR, and that road has not been super easy for me. And Bones and I have been best buds for a long time, and we've gone through a lot of phases of, hey, Bones. And Bones says, hey. And I say, hey, I need workouts. Can you plan me some workouts? And he's like, yeah, for sure. Totally would love to do that. And then six months go by and I'm like, hey, Bones, I need some workouts. What should I do? <laughs> and so on and so forth and repeat the pattern. Because I gave you workouts and you yeah, stopped because, doing them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Not because yeah. I never gave you them. Yeah. No, you <laughs> gave me the workouts and then I like didn't do them. It's um, like, I like these, but... Bet more better yeah and i have better ones yeah pretty much so we had a little bit of a back and forth journey with programming and bones has been a uh, a coach for a long time starting uh crossfit worthy and then you were at crossfit worthy for what four years yeah i think coaching from 2014 ish to 2018 yeah and you when you were in college you majored in exercise science right i did yeah so like you already had the background, you had the, the knowledge behind all this stuff, and your style of programming has evolved, I mean, in the shit, eight years now that you've been programming workouts, whether for CrossFit, rugby, um, and now we've sort of entered into the next phase of um, kind of how you program and, and what you do, and part of that was brought on by when I was trying to pass MCOLS, so MCOLS was uh, it's the Michigan Commission on Law Enforcement Standards, um, and there's a physical fitness portion of that, a, a test, and a written uh, written test um, that anyone in Michigan that wants to be a conservation officer, state police officer, uh, park ranger had to pass. Park rangers no longer have to pass MCOLs. I was probably one of the last ones in the state to have to do that. Um, but 
I had to train for that because it was 30 push-ups in a minute, 32 sit-ups in a minute, a mile run, mile or a half mile shuttle run in four minutes and 29.6 seconds mm -hmm. and a 17 inch vertical jump. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time that I found out that I actually had to pass that somebody had brought donuts to the, uh, the park office that day. And guess who anxiety ate about 10 of those motherfuckers. Yeah. It, yeah. it was, I could run that. Yeah. Uh, it was mm. like, oh, this is just mm. my career at stake here, and I'm going to have a meltdown. So I had a mm. serious meltdown that day. Anyway, mm -hmm. good. I started off, I remember we started a baseline. It was in like June of 2020. Me and you Yeah, that was like the oh. first baseline um, of this training phase. Okay, yeah. And so I ran the MCOLs uh, at the at the peewee football stadium in reed city michigan and i did 12 push-ups that probably wouldn't have passed the push-up test i did 17 sit-ups that probably wouldn't have passed the sit-up test i ran the half mile shuttle run in like six and a half minutes and i don't even remember how high i jumped i think the jump was the only one that was even close yeah. the jump is okay you can continue but the jump is kind of a just to make sure you can get off of the ground you're not like yeah. a physically like they say it's a measure of lower body strength is yeah, how it's, it's written it's not <laughs> it's not they're, they're yeah. wrong but it, it is something to show that you are like capable of leaving the ground producing some sort of force but right it's not, not strength but okay yeah exactly so that was that was the initial and so from there we mostly bones probably was like oh my god this guy's never gonna do this but um from there it was a long hard road uh november 7th was my first test i failed um december 7th was my second test or december 8th was my second test I failed that and that's when shit really turned around and it really hit home for me because it was really make it or break it at that point mm -hmm. i don't pass this test i get fired that's literally that's how it went so Starting, you know, right after that second failed test, I remember you and I kind of talking about this and you every after both failed tests, I mean, you were there ready to, you know, talk to me and it was never a long conversation. It was like, OK, you failed. Get back like training starts tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like there was no time to dwell on it. It was just time to get back into it. And so. Things really kind of went like it was like jet fuel was poured on the fire a little bit. And in January, um, we really hit the ground running and your programming was excellent. I was working out two times a day, almost every day. Um, and long story short, I passed the test. Uh, it was like February 5th or something or February 9th in uh, 2021. Mm -hmm. And I dominated it. I overdid the push-ups i overdid the sit-ups i jumped higher than i needed to and barely well i barely passed the run i beat it by like 0.5 seconds um, the run is hard the run is deceivingly hard especially mm -hmm. for someone like me who has uh, you know struggled with these movements so what i learned through this process i learned that real fitness is not necessarily measured through how many push-ups you can do however a baseline of functional fitness that a human being should have to to just be a human that was a, that test was a pretty good uh a marker for where I was actually at um I was far fitter after I passed that test and after I trained for all those things and I could do those push-ups and whatever so that protocol that bones kind of developed has evolved into something that we now call wild fit yeah. And it's it's kind of it, I mean it's so simple but it's it's really awesome. And so my job requires a lot of functional movements that I need to be really strong in. Overhead lifts with one hand. I mean, sort of like power clean movements with awkward objects, uh carrying heavy shit all over the place all the time. Um you name it, like that's what I pretty much have to do and throw into that I want to go out, I want to hunt, I want to go hike into areas that other people don't want to, and I want to do it without dying. 
and then drag a deer out of said area, which, you know, people die of heart attacks dragging deers out of places. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of where, like, Wildfit has been born. I, I am kind of going to turn it over to you a little bit to break down the, the thought process behind what Wildfit is and why we call it Wildfit. So why don't you take, take it from here a little bit and tell the good people about why they should get wild fit. All right. Well, I mean, first of all, I think park rangers should be have to do the M Coles. I don't know why they took that away. Because they they couldn't get qualified applicants who could pass the M Coles. Isn't that crazy? And we yeah. just I was just reviewing we we're currently putting out workouts or not workouts but benchmark workouts through the weekly warrior podcast about on just fitness aspects of fitness, kind of like M Coles. Uh, what we think people should be capable of doing, whether you're 60, 70, or 20, 30, 40, or whatever, however old you are. And one of the ones is it has pull-ups in it. Everybody, I think everybody should be, do, have to do, be able to do a pull-up. And all of these fitness tests have taken away pull-ups because they, mm-hmm. people just can't do a pull-up. So like, well, if no one can do a pull-up, then it's not standard anymore. Um, and that's still not right. I think that's just a sign of where we have gone. Anyways, okay. Well, I still think park rangers should have to do that. <laughs> uh, as far as like M. Coles goes, that, that was a really interesting journey. I never doubted that you were going to do it. I just, it was just a matter of how long it would take. I knew we had a long way to go and it would take a lot of effort. And I think you, you still had a leg up, a good head base on you without really even training. So I knew we could make some, the needle move just a matter of how long and basically how, how we, uh, how we program that, just break each movement down. If you have to do 30 push-ups in one minute, right? That's 60 seconds. Yeah, yep. It's 30 push-ups. Yeah. So you break it down. Okay, well, how, how fast can we do 10 push-ups in, right? And then build from there. Uh, let's do 10 seconds, as many push-ups as you can do, and then rest. And then do 10 more seconds, or 20 seconds, or 30 seconds, as many as you can do, rest for one minute. And do it again. And that's how you build a bit of capacity, a bit of strength. We also do a lot of weighted push-ups. Oh my God, so um, many weighted push-ups. And you know, that helps. Build, it, it is a, str- a test of strength and muscular endurance. 60-second push-up test, right? Some people naturally can have it. Some people, a lot of more people don't. So weighted push-ups help with the strength aspect and being able to uh, recruit muscle fibers toward the end of that 60 seconds when you start to fatigue. Uh, so that helps a lot. You got to have the strength to do them in the first place. And then you're just building capacity from there, and there's no wrong way to do it. It's such a simple, simple uh, movement. Build capacity. Um, do a lot of reps. Same thing with sit-ups. You know, break it down. We have uh, we had a couple of different training protocols. It was it was already what I said: twenty seconds on, mm-hmm. 30, 20 to thirty seconds off for four to eight rounds. Um, the jump you already had the jump, and then the run. That was that's a hard run. The first time I took M Coles when I was trying to be a conservation officer, I missed the run by like 0.6 seconds. Mm-hmm. So this run is about aerobic capacity and it's also about pacing and how you can make those turnarounds. Yes. If you can make your turnarounds quickly and efficiently and get up to speed again, you're gonna pass. Mm-hmm. Um because if you make your turnaround and you're like, ah, and you take like a second or two to kind of get going again and skate up to speed you're falling way behind. Yep. That's what I was doing. And then you realize you got to make a quick turnaround, get up to speed immediately and get ready to turn around again. And then the second time I beat it by like 30 seconds, like, you know, 20 minutes later. So that's a huge part of it is just pacing. And then to build the capacity to do that, if you remember what we did so much, so So many shuttle runs. Yeah. So many shuttle runs and practicing that stop deceleration and acceleration. Because mm-hmm. um, you have to build both. You can't just go out there and run a mile. You're probably going to move the needle a little bit if you're coming from a place of zero training. You will get better that way. Um, but you are fortunate to have a coach, and everybody should have a coach that can like see those different aspects of it. It's not just um, uh, uh, cardio capacity. It is getting up to speed, slowing down, getting up to speed again, slowing down over and over, and that's part of why they do the shuttle run because it tested a couple different things instead of just yeah. a straight mile and a half run so it's actually a pretty good test i like it well and uh, what i learned with that shuttle run um 
what kept killing me was tr- slowing down and then trying to get back up to speed in a fairly quick manner. I did that the first two tests, and I finally decided that because that and we and we talked about this too, but I knew I could run a half a mile in four minutes and twenty nine seconds. I had mm-hmm. done that on a track. I I could do that. So what I started to do was take wider laps. So like when I would go around the cone, I would take a wider angle because I could maintain my speed throughout the entire turn. And that way I never slowed down. I just stayed consistent the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it did come down to, I had to sprint, yeah. you know, two of the, the final laps basically, but um, to maintain that consistency to where I had that, uh, the capacity at the end of the run to, to literally sprint four down and backs in a row was, mm-hmm. I mean, I, my lungs, I, you could taste the blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it is, it's 14 laps, right? Basketball court. Yeah. So it's like 88 foot. Um, it's 15, 15, 15. down okay. and back. So 30 total, uh, you know, one, okay. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah. so on and yeah, so, so forth. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. So yeah, you do just those last, like once you get to 11, 12, turn on the motor like mm-hmm. go in a dark place and just turn it on dude yeah uh yeah i remember doing that um so part of it is mental too and having the experience if you're kind of on that edge of i don't know if i'm gonna make it or not you know you had a couple goes where you failed and that experience helped you a lot to go into the one where you actually really really had to pass uh, yeah you know because if you waited that whole time up until like all right last time i'm ready to go do this for the first time this is my one chance that's not good mm-hmm. so it's actually a good idea to even if you're not ready go give it a try um, and see where you're at because it's yeah it's a, it's a different environment than just Absolutely. testing yourself at a track by yourself um so yeah that's evolved and you passed m coles it's and now our training has evolved um over man i've been programming for you for consistently for yeah two years mm-hmm. and it's involved into what you talked about with wild fit and it's been recently called wild fit uh before it was like ranger fit i think it yeah, was ranger, ranger fit. it was like like ranger fit ranger strength conditioning just like yeah. kind of like something cool that to put a label on it just you know what we're yeah. training for so it became wild fit once we brought tristan in and yep. i was like man this is kind of cool because you guys are like you know there is a need for hunters to be able to be fit and and do things out there whether hunting or being a park ranger, being like a tactical athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the inspiration. And tactical is, you know, police officers, military, army, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like to think that those are grouped in the same pool, um, but they use different floaty devices maybe, right? So they're all in the same pool. They all kind of use a couple maybe different things, different needs, but they're in the same vicinity. So WildFit is um, the way it's developed with you guys has been four days a week we do three and it's now going into three on one off one on two off as far as your days go so Mm -hmm. three straight days of training one rest day uh the fourth day of training and then you have the weekend off and uh we're following it principles just the main motor movements squat hinge lunge uh press pull push we follow those. The, one of the days we do a max effort lower body coupled with a dynamic effort upper body. And then we have a conditioning day. And then the next day we have max effort upper body, dynamic lower. And there's long conditioning um, in between some of those days. And, and that's really what is necessary for the tactical athlete, the person that's out there in the wild by themselves is long duration long uh you have to have a lot of capacity because you're not going out there for 20 minutes or a half hour you're going out for long long times and being able to walk through the woods and step over things and um you you talked about with how lunges have helped you getting down in position to shoot a bow yep uh stepping over logs quietly yeah i'm gonna Uh, tell that story when uh when you break here i'm gonna tell that story because i think that'll help people understand yeah and it um there's so many important things, but you have to be able to do them over a long, long duration of time. So, uh, and on top of that, having some workouts in there that are fun, you know, we program, uh, 
you know, this week coming up, we have a workout called Dough Down. And, you know, I love naming things like that. And sometimes I like to name, I like to name them because I can go back and look weeks behind and we can pull those back and repeat them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's with that, there's a lot of rowing. You guys are going to have a lot of burpees coming up too, Uh, by the way. So um, (laughs) that's important too, though. Getting down, getting a lot of times and being able to drag a deer out pulling. Right. Uh, So, yeah, I'll let you break and uh, go off into that uh, story. Yeah. So the first thing I want to say, I read an article, uh, this was like two weeks ago. I read an article about a, a deer hunter who had shot a deer out in the woods somewhere and he was trying to get it out of the woods and he had a heart attack. And so this goes back to the why, a big why about why I started doing this with Tristan. But I mean, just in general, people take for granted the ability to go to the grocery store and pick up food. When you go out and hunt and you go out and do this stuff that's a little more um, in line with what humans, you know, are built for. And then you find out that we're not actually all that built for it anymore. Like you're dragging a deer out of the woods and this this guy dies. You know what I mean? And I I had to drag a deer out with my buddy Chris the other day. And that was hard. That was way harder than I would actually ever give it credit for. She was a big deer. And at one point he even told me, he's like, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. And he's a fit dude. Like he's a really fit guy. And he was like, I feel like my heart's going to explode on my chest right now. (laughs) And so at that point we took a break, but (laughs) um, like it's not easy. And you see guys, I think like a big thing right now, you see people like uh, like Cam Haynes on um, Instagram, like they're posting they're posting videos of themselves throwing a deer over their shoulders and carrying it out, um, which I've, I did that earlier this year. She was a smaller deer, so it wasn't as big of a deal. But like, that's the, that's the type of stuff that humans really have done for millennia. And maybe it's kind of interesting that like just now, maybe that ability is starting to taper off. But yeah, so that's, that's a lot of my why. Not only is it my work, like every single day I use my body and I like digging holes and lifting heavy shit and whatever and walking a lot, like some, a lot of days I'm walking 20 to 25,000 steps. Like that's not, I mean, to some people that's normal, to farmers that's normal, to people, to construction workers that's normal, but like most people maybe, maybe get 10,000 steps a day. So wild fit is very important but it all kind of came to a head for me and uh, and i saw the benefit of all these workouts uh especially single leg strength hate single leg strength hate weighted lunges i really 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 don't like them they suck a lot and which is good and i tell bones how much i don't like how much i don't like those movements because then he makes me do them anyway but i was walking through the woods and i spotted some deer about 60 yards away and I find I was by myself. I've done this before with Tristan, but I didn't have this intimacy of being alone. And this t- this time where I was alone, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna st- I gotta move this way anyway, so I'm gonna try to stalk these deer." And what turned into like a 45 minute, probably to an hour stalk to try to get close enough to have a shot opportunity, turned into this ridiculous example of why single leg strength and all these all these movements that we do are so important because i'm finding myself really focusing on okay i'm i'm picking up a leg and i'm balancing on the other leg while i very 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 slowly and carefully put down the leg i just picked up back onto the ground without making any sound on crunchy leaves mm-hmm. and if any of you have ever tried to do this it is insanely difficult um and it's something that you have to learn. And earlier in the season, couldn't do it. And I basically was like, this is impossible. There's no way we can walk through the woods and sneak up on anything. Um, and so having this experience where I ended up getting 30 yards away and they, every time, even if I was mid step, if these deer would look in my general direction, I would stop and I'd have to stand there with one foot in the air because if you move they're gone if you mm-hmm. if i mean it was unreal and the whole time to to yeah i was just focusing on the muscle movements isolating these mu- muscle movements and really 
just being in tune with myself. And I couldn't have done that without this training and without um, the awareness that this training has brought. Um, so that to me was like the culmination of why this is so important because although I didn't get a shot off on a, on a deer that day because I can't control deer behavior, I can only control getting into a good position, which I did. They just went the other way. I didn't spook them. They never knew I was there. It was super, it was awesome. It was incredibly, it was an amazing experience to get that close to a deer, to an animal, a wild animal. And although I didn't execute a shot, I got close enough to possibly do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, it was a 60 yard stock that ended up taking 45 minutes or so. And when I finally sat down in the spot I was going to sit, I was like, man, that was amazing. And like the adrenaline kind of wore off and I started to feel the effects, you know, the, the soreness a little bit and whatever. And it was unreal. Super cool. But yeah, that's where it kind of all hit home for me on why this wild fit program it's, it's just, it's so important for anybody to do. It's like, yeah, it was great. Well, it is really the, the program itself is branded. So what I mean by that is the move, anybody could benefit from this as a general health and yes. fitness, yeah. right? If it's a general physical preparedness is really what it is, but it's catered towards these tactical athletes. So yes, needs are going to differ, um, based on population and what is really going to be best for you. This is branded towards, you know, people like you that want to get out in the wild, people that have that tactical edge or whatever their job might be park ranger conservation officer mm-hmm. uh, especially the conservation officers truly um because they are out there and they're alone on top of everything alone, else yeah working you know potentially alongside hunters um and uh you never know when what's going to happen out there for those guys mm-hmm. but uh let's go back to but the, it is it's, it's we simply call it wild fit um, and we, everything that we do is reflective of what you guys have to do out there and mm-hmm. what's going to you know, help you achieve that safely and more effectively. But let's right. go back to the, the, the guy that died from a heart attack, because that's interesting that the, the population of hunters is pretty old right now. There's not a lot of yeah. young people in the hunting game. A lot of hunters, 50s, 60s, some 70s, you know, trying to do what they did their whole life. Mm-hmm. And deer, how long is deer season? So let's say people don't bow hunt, but only rifle season. How long is it? In Michigan, many, it's two weeks. All right, so it's two weeks. Let's say, uh, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of ladies, uh, all the hunters out there don't do much for physical fitness for 50 weeks of the year. And then they go out and try to drag a deer out within a two, you know, in that little two week hunting season. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to go very well. I think that is what it's reflective of that story where someone didn't do anything. They were unhealthy. They were sick and they tried to do something very physically strenuous and it killed them. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality of it. Cause man, that can, yeah, the wild just doesn't care about you. Does it? No. You know, and that those disease states can come after you, uh, the way that we live our lives today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's what we're trying to, to fight off with you know wild fits small just you and tristan and me and if it grows cool I'm, that's not really what i'm after yeah um but i think if we got some more people in on it that'd be great but at least we're going to talk about it and someone else out there can hear it and either join us or just get their ass to the gym doing something else or join somebody else do something right yeah and that, that's good enough i think having the conversation and building some awareness around just why it's important because i think there is a movement with younger hunters because you're right the majority of the hunting population the age is trending higher um, mostly because just there aren't as many hunters anymore i mean it's just not uh, i think in michigan over the last 20 years every year the hunting population has dropped two to three percent um that's a pretty that's a significant drop i mean that's a significant amount of or a significant lack of younger people picking up the hobby um yeah. 
And I think there is a there is a movement with guys like Cam Haynes um, who strives to be. I mean, he is he he literally went out of his way to become an endurance athlete. He runs ultra marathons and whatever because he wanted to go out in the the back country of like Colorado, Montana, whatever, and hunt elk. And he does it by himself. Um, and, and in Alaska and stuff like that, he, he wants to be able to get it, go in 15 miles and not think twice about it and chase elk around, which that's a whole different ball game. Like, um, and so I think there is, there is a movement right now where you need to be, you know, there's a, a fitness movement pushing for, for especially bow hunters to be more fit. And I read a lot of stuff. Um, I hunt with, I hunt traditional and there's a lot of, a lot of older guys that talk about you know, younger guys don't shoot heavy draw bows because you're going to destroy your shoulders. And the best advice that I've seen from any of these older guys is maintain your shoulder strength. Just like be fit, be a fit individual and you'll never have an issue with a shoulder. Like a lot of guys will be like, well, I had a shoulder injury, so I had to shoot a you know lighter poundage bow or, or whatever. But in reality, they just, they can't pull back a heavy bow anymore because they don't train. Mm-hmm. Um and so there's a I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. We're trying to bridge two worlds too cuz you're bringing up good points and the fact that hunters uh blue collar people traditionally yeah um really not working in the fitness space. The fitness space is still pretty new within the past 20 years it's really come on. Right. Uh and we're you know the medical field an injury isn't an injury forever. If you hurt your shoulder when you're, you know, 30 something, it's not, it's still there when you're 50. Um, most of the time it's just in your, it is in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're trying to bridge these two worlds with fitness and, and hunting. And uh, it's pretty niche so far, but there, I mean, yeah, building awareness around it is, is so key, but that is very interesting that, uh, trying to bridge that gap and bring these two opposite things together because the Cameron Haynes thing that guy is so far on the edge and the fringe yeah. and ahead of it that you know that that's that's really cool to aspire to be and see someone doing that we're talking about going out on your own piece of land or your buddy's land and being able to get there and you know shoot a deer and harvest it and pull it out and do all the things you need to do um, and not think twice about it not worry yeah. about it shoot any bow you want um and and be okay and a lot of work goes into that it seems like because that that's like a day of you know that whole process is could be an hour right but a lot of work can go into that be to do it effectively and safely yeah and if you're packing elk out in the mountains i mean that's an all-day thing once you shoot an elk like the real work begins because Mm -hmm. that's a you know 600 pound animal that you're gonna quarter and have to carry back out in on a backpack so I don't know, you probably agree with me, but in my mind, it makes sense that you should be able to do that. If you can't pull out your own deer or you like hire people or, you know, you should be able to do the whole process yourself. I yeah. think I've never done it. Um, but in my mind, like that feels and seems right that if you shoot a deer, you should be able to take her out, him out, whatever, mm-hmm. and and take care of it all yourself because you are responsible. Yeah, I don't I'll, I think a lot of people don't view it that way because it's just too hard uh but i 100 percent agree with you um i think the bridge so we're talking a lot about hunting and nature and whatever and i think the the next thing i want to sort of get into is um people who let's say they work like a nine to five office job which a lot of people do um the hour that they spend at a CrossFit gym or whatever, what can, I mean, what more? Cause I think a lot of people think that's enough, but as someone who's done that and been, and been that person, mm-hmm. um, it's probably not. So like, what would you recommend for someone who is maybe into the CrossFit world or a traditional, like, um, strength training regimen who maybe trains for an hour or two every day, but otherwise is pretty sedentary. Um, how, well, how would you recommend them getting a little bit more wild fit in their life? Man, good question. CrossFit 
as great as it is, its its branding is the taking people from sick up to fitness. That sickness, health, and fitness uh, continuum, right? So mm-hmm. we can we can define being sick not as like a cold, but sick as like high blood pressure, hypertension, diabetes. That's a sick state. Mm-hmm. Health is you know the one twenty over eighty blood pressure, and um, fitness is you know around. 110 or less over 70 or less blood pressure Um, and there's other things that go into it but that's the main things i think people will identify with there's a difference between health and fitness Mm. and your doctor can get you to health via prescription medicines things like that but what's going to take you to fitness crossfit says is crossfit is that high intensity um, constantly varied functional fitness crossfit's very good at that and i think Starting from like uh, someone with no training, getting them into like that health and then fitness phase, it's extremely effective. Um, I think it can really wear people down, though. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, if you're in it long enough in CrossFit, you a lot of people can get sucked into the competitive nature of it, uh, and it becomes something that is a detriment. Mm. So as far as the longevity of it, I know there's people out there, the proof is in the pudding, they can do it. Um, but what I see in the day-to-day basis is, is that the longevity of it is a bit wearisome. I think it's good to switch up your training from CrossFit to, more, to different types of modes of training, like WildFit. So we, again, CrossFit and WildFit. That sounds so synonymous, synonymous, right? <laughs> yeah. CrossFit. Wild but it's fit. totally different, though, as someone who's done both well, and does yeah, both. If, I know it feels different, but it's really not. It's high-intensity functional fitness performed across broad uh, domains. Let's just take that. The issue becomes how often you are per- prescribing and programming high-intensity because people are going to take that as high intensity they're going to push themselves like crazy mm-hmm. into that high intensity this is a great example the ring right the aura ring or the whoop you get one of these if you're doing crossfit and see it's a it's a tracker to track your health and fitness get one and see how well you're recovering the difference is going to be how i've come to program uh for myself and who i follow now as a coach and who i how i program for Corey and Tristan and WildFit, and how I program for rugby guys too, is to space out high, the high intensity between 48 to 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Allow your body to recover, right? With CrossFit, if you're doing CrossFit every day, you're really not allowing your body to recover in so many of these programs. And that right. becomes a detriment to, to your progress. You're still going to be a fit and healthy person. Mm-hmm. That's the truth, which is good. But let's, if you like zoom out on a lot of these people and I'm a coach, I can see them and this is not going against them. You know, they're doing, we're all doing, trying to do the best we can. If you zoom out, you're like, man, you haven't made progress in so long and you're just coming here and a lot, maybe a lot of people just want the community aspect and that's cool too. Um, But there's some limitations in CrossFit, I think, in the way that a lot of the boxes and people program it. So what we do, we separate our high-intensity movements. So what we said on Monday, we do a a lower body max effort. So that could look like uh, a a two-rep max, a one-rep max back squat. It could be a one-rep max box squat, Mm -hmm. one-rep max deadlift, deadlift from pins, uh, elevated deadlift, any lower body max effort movement, right? That's Monday. I couple that with an upper body dynamic day in the same day because we're only training four days a week. So we're kind of getting more uh, bang, right? And then we don't see another max effort until Wednesday, 48 hours later. Mm -hmm. We don't see another max effort day until the next Monday, which is beyond 72 hours. So there's enough spacing in there for your body to recover. In that, your uh, high intensity efforts right, are on high-intensity efforts that involve global movements are going to be on Tuesday, right? So you have this max effort um, lift Monday. You have uh, aerobic or anaerobic conditioning on Tuesday. You have another lift Wednesday. You have a rest day. 
And then Friday is going to be a more dynamic day again, which you can easily recover because we're not hitting intensity of the weights, um, like higher percentages, higher intensity efforts. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the difference. Allowing your body, giving your body time to recover. And that's based on uh, the science of it, the studies that show how long that our body needs to actually recover metabolically, have our hormones in check, have our joints stay healthy and good by utilizing more box squats and elevated pulls instead of always pulling from the ground, always hitting, going through full ranges of motion of back squats and thrusters and, uh, man, fucking name it, devil's press. All these global movements can become extremely wearisome on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the biggest change for, for me and my programming, how I program for you guys and how I, what I do for myself is box squats and rack pulls or elevated deadlifts because you're getting, you're doing the movement, you're hinging and you're squatting, but you're taking so much loading off of your joints that you're giving your body a chance to recover and you're still getting all the same benefits. If not more, there's a little bit of difference in the hypertrophy between a regular back squat and a box squat, but not a lot. You're still gonna, you're still gonna grow muscle. Yeah. Um, so that's been the biggest difference allowing your body, giving your body a chance to recover in between training sessions because the training doesn't make you stronger. It breaks you down. The recovery is what you need to be focused on and build you back. Because really, I'm giving you programming, and that's why it's set up days one, two, three, rest day, and go on the fourth day at that point. Right. Because that's how it's supposed to be. I don't want you breaking up in between other days because you got to give your chance about it, uh, your body a chance to recover. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I love the programming and it, it works for me. It makes me feel functional and I've experienced a lot of like, I can do a couple chin-ups in a row now. I couldn't do that before. I still can't do a pull-up. Part of that is I have a lot of extra body weight that I'm, (laughs) that I'm still working on, but I can do a chin-up, which that's pretty yeah, that's, cool. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, like I can I can do like two or three chin ups in a row now, um, mm-hmm. which is sweet. Uh, it makes me feel real good when I go to the gym and I can do that. But I think the proof is in the pudding. Um, if someone like me can go from where I was at to passing M Coles and like, and not, I'm not going to say easily pass M Coles, but I mean handle M Coles with a fair amount of ease. Um, the proof is in the pudding with what wildfit is and and wildfit as a program has only uh you know evolved since then so yeah do you have i mean anything more you want to add about uh kind of the topic of today or um closing closing thoughts or statement yeah i i think going off of what we're just talking about and changing up your training if you feel like if you're someone that's not training at all um great Come, this isn't a commercial for WildFit, but you know, get at us and we can help you out. Or just, just go, just start doing something. Some sort. There's so many coaches out there. Um, if you're someone that has been training, whether it's CrossFit or just traditional bodybuilding or just going to the gym or whatever, it's a good idea to switch it up. Switch it up. If you've been going through the same thing for months or years, not seeing a lot of progress, mentally zoom out. Look at your numbers, whether it's, you know, body weight or how much you're lifting or your rep schemes. You know, if you're always lifting five by five, it's probably time to switch it up. Like, let's do some three by 10 or something. All right. That's like a basic switch. But that's another thing that we do with WildFit, too, is we're on week 31 of the way that I've been programming with this. And if you go back to week one or week 17, it looks very different than it does now. Different rep schemes for the lifts, different movements for the accessory different uh different cardio conditioning um and that's necessary to ensure you continue to to progress you can't do the same thing your body will get used to it your body's real smart yeah it's true it's smarter than your mind is you know you could show up to the gym and do the same thing and and think you're making progress but you know let's zoom out and uh if you really aren't it's time to make a change so uh, i i love the idea of bridging the the outdoors, outdoorsmen, outdoors women out there with fitness, because I think it's a very underserved community. And I think they, above any, a lot of people in our society, these types of people need it the most, uh, the tactical, tactical 
you know, jobs and occupations out there need this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do it for you, you guys. And yeah, I'm we glad appreciate that you guys, you. you know, yeah, take it on and, and actually do it together. It's been cool having another person do it with Tristan because it motivates you. It lets us kind of feed off of each other and talk. There's to a little, little bit of competition behind it, which I, I enjoy the competition yeah. aspect of it. That's a huge part of it, too, is competition, like community. You know, that's one thing that CrossFit does really well, too, is that having that competition in the community mm-hmm. can be a really good thing. For sure. Um, you know, and if you're always working out by yourself, maybe join a CrossFit gym because that can really push you into another level of, of intensity as well. Yeah. Um, so that can be very good. Uh, yeah. Having Tristan on, having you guys on and actually doing it has been has been really good. So. Yeah, it's been great. And we're going to we're going to keep getting yeah. after it so yeah. if uh, um i will i will add one more thing yeah are you were you gonna ask a question no you go ahead first okay so we have the benchmark workouts going out to with the weekly warrior podcast instagram we have three of them out now and that's kind of like built a little bit inspiration of wild fit and what we think we should be able to do they're not training workouts but they're workouts that are like milestone workouts. if you think of like hero workouts and crossfit think like that's kind of what sure. they are a little bit yeah yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good way to look at it. Uh, something that you can retest, you know, once a year ish, maybe once or you know, once a quarter. There's some of them like Millie, three minutes of AMRAP, uh, burpees, <laughs> gross but short, <laughs> and we can we can do it a couple more times than you know Annie, which is a ten mile ruck, which is you know a big I'm, chunk of time. I'm gearing up to get that one done. I uh, haven't yeah. done it yet, but I'm working on it. I think I'm gonna hit a week from today because I don't have rugby for a while, so I'm thinking we're gonna do it next weekend. We should do it on the same day. Uh, yeah, next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, th- those workouts are out there. Those those benchmark wads. So go check them out on our Instagram and hit them. They're they're based on numbers that I've gathered and tried to research on, especially the pull ups and the burpees. You know, they're they're standardized like repetitions you should be able to hit within a certain time domain. Um, and uh, you know, chase your dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Chase them <laughs> fast and hard and strong. So if uh, anyone listening wants to know more about WildFit or even maybe like a direction that they can go in, um, can they reach out to you? What's your social media, our social media? Uh, Reach out to our social media is cool. Weekly Warrior Podcast on Instagram. Uh, You can reach out to me. It's coach.bones on Instagram. That's cool. Bones with a Z, um, not with an S. With a Z, Coach. Yeah. Or if you go to the Weekly Warrior podcast, you'll find me. We're in the bio. Corey's Mm -hmm. in the bio. Connor's in the bio. She's not on Instagram. Don't bother her. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we're out there. Yeah. 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 And last thing I'll say, we're talking about outdoorsmen, outdoors women, uh, service members, park rangers, conservation officers, wildland firefighters, police officers, military coast guard i mean you name it border patrol all you guys and ladies out there every day serving and doing these things that require great sacrifice and great skill and all you hunters out there who are going out every day and living a way that is closer to nature we want to say thank you and keep doing it and keep getting after it and we will see you next week when we continue to discover our warrior within.